0: We need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be a father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion. And I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now, here's your host, Terry Linscott. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Anointing Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. Again, I am so grateful that you're joining me today. Hey, we're doing another special uh, intro into our leadership conference we had last year, and I'm going to be taking a two-part series on this and breaking uh, one of the sessions called Trusting Others Inside Your Leadership and How Do You Build Trust in Your Teams to, to Get the Most Out of the Whole Team. And uh, what we want to do is create that environment. And so we're going to jump into the the, uh, session and then right after I'm going to come back and uh, do that. But before we get into any of this stuff, I want to do what I always do and say, first of all, thank you for joining me. Uh, If this is your first time, please hit the subscribe button there and the notification so you'll know when we drop these. We drop them every other Thursday. And so it's a new episode, new content coming just to help you as in your leadership, but also help your team. Also, uh, on our website, terrylenscott.com, you can sit there and send me an email if this content is helping you, uh, if you would like to ask a question and we can answer them live on the show. Uh, If you would request me to come in and speak to your team, we would really appreciate that opportunity to come in and be a blessing to you. And the last thing is is if you could share this with the people that you know, the friends, the family, the business people, uh, leaders in your life, the people that could benefit from the content. We would really appreciate that share just to add those listeners to help adding the value to it. Before I jump in today, I do want to tell you that tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to it on the 16th when this drops of February, that on the 17th and 18th of February here at our church at Abundant Life, we have our Wow Marriage Conference. And uh, I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you can. Also on the nineteenth, uh, I'm going to be at I Am Worship Church down near Cookville, Tennessee, uh, preaching on Sunday morning in one of their two in both of their services in the morning. I will be doing some leadership meetings there at night, and then on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, uh, the 20th and 21st, I will be doing some leadership stuff there with uh, Pastor Mark Ogletree inside the community. And so if you're in that area, I would challenge you to be a part of that. Uh, Reach out to us by email and we can uh, submit that information to you and help you. Before we jump into this today, I do want to offer this. I've got this. If you're watching online, the YouTube or the Facebook, I have this from my mentor, Dr. David Robinson, great leadership coach, uh, and he wrote a book. Do you want to pastor or transform your city? And this little book has really challenged me. Uh, it actually defines who I am. I believe personally is I am a pastor, but I really want to transform the city. I want to transform people's lives. I have five of these for the first five people. If you're a pastor or if you're interested in transforming your city and business, five of these to the first five people that shoot me an email. Uh, I, my website, terrylinscott.com and go there and just hit the contact us, and you will send me an email and just say, Pastor, I want this book, uh, Transform Your City, and I want to be happy to just sow that to your life. I'll send it to you for free. Uh, just shoot me an email. Let me know that you're interested in that. Hey, we're going to jump into the show today. It's called Trusting Others, and inside the team, you've got to build an environment of trust, and I want to challenge you with this. About being a leader. A leader, if you're going to build trust, I'm just going to preface what you're going to enter into, you must be relational. Leaders have to be relational. We can't just be positional. We can't just have the title on our door or a a desk uh, nameplate right there that tells who we are and what we do. We've got to be relational. If we're going to build trust, we're going to have to develop relations outside of the workforce. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean you have to be uh, best friends. I don't mean you have to spend all the time together. What I'm saying is you've got to learn to be relational inside your teams. Get to know the people, not just what they do. If you're going to find success in any any entity, whether it's church, business, uh, corporations, trust is a key component to success. And being able to trust people and them trust you is a component of success. If I don't trust you, I'm going to keep you at a at a Heisman Trophy stiff arm, uh, a distance, so that we don't get close enough where we can't I can't be uh, disrupted in my emotional uh, uh, life. And so, what we have to do is build this level of trust. We have to understand that people matter just as much as the work matters. And if we're going to be a successful team and fulfill everything that we believe God's called us to do. Trust is going to have to be there, and we're going to have to put an emphasis on people, not just the work that we do. When we are a confident leader, it makes it much easier for somebody to trust us. Confidence in not what I do, but who I am, and that I'm not i am not, I'm not worried about other people's opinion, but there's a level of confidence that we must have and must arise to so that other people will follow us. They're not looking for arrogance. We're looking for confidence. Confidence doesn't need to to belittle somebody else to to get to the place that we want to be. Confidence is already arrived to that place in my mind where I don't need to worry about other people. I need them to help me, but I'm not interested in being arrogant or belittling. Listen, we're going to go into this first part of the teaching today, and I hope it blesses you. We're going to come back. And we're going to spend a few minutes uh, picking apart two things that I said in the teaching just to elaborate a little bit more. So, hey, take a listen, and I'll see you just in a minute. The question you have to ask as a leader, do people like you or do they love you? Do they tolerate you or do they love you? Do the clients that you have, do they like you or do they love you? Do they trust you? Do you have an atmosphere or an environment in your church, and your business? How about even your home that is trust? What do I mean by trust? Do they feel safe, excuse the word in today's society, but do they feel safe to come to you and say, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. Hey, I just screwed up and costed you $20,000 and I am so sorry, but I, I, I apologize. Do they feel safe or are they struggling with, I'm hurting, but if I tell them I look weak because the reality is, life is hard, relationships are hard, and and everything I do outside of the job affects the job. And most leaders are not necessarily leaders, they're a boss. They're a manager mindset, and no offense to managers or bosses, but just listen to what I'm talking about as leadership, is most of them are more interested in the task than they are the person. And if you get interested in the person They'll give you their life for the task. But I'm not, Quentin Jones is an example of somebody who works his butt off tirelessly. And I only, I only know this because of, uh, we're in a relationship and he spends hours upon hours and does things to make sure the job is done at a Fortune 10 company that does, he doesn't have to do that. But the people around him know that they can count on him and because he loves what he does. He loves it, not because of what he's doing, but because he understands the fulfillment that it brings to help other people. The people around him know, and there's some of his, his coworkers, I believe, that are here tonight. They know that they can count on him. They can call him. They, he, he is trustworthy not to spill their personal problems with everybody else. They, he knows how to separate life and business. He understands these things. Trust is a component that if you don't have people trusting you, they will never follow you. Most business owners are bosses in mentality, they're not leaders. A boss is a draconian, tyrannical, domineering dictator that says, Show up, get it done. Now, I have no thing. Listen, listen, show up and get it done. I, I am that guy. But let's find out why you didn't show up. Let's find out can we have a conversation? Can can you talk to me and will I listen to you? Trust is a component to empower people. If you don't trust people, if they don't trust you to come talk to you about life, they will never really follow you. They just want to hear what you have to say and hope it's good enough, take a little bit of it, and do what they want to do and wreck their life. They will never accomplish the vision in their life because they don't trust the leader that's over them. Pastors, if you're a pastor, you gotta learn this. Your people gotta trust you. They gotta trust that you are exactly what you say you are and who you exactly are. Your character, your integrity, and everything about you has to match what's coming out of your mouth. By the way, if you don't live it by example, they're not following your policies and procedures. They're following your lifestyle and your behavior. Trust is a component that is defined by what I do every single day, not what is written in my policy book. Talking about leadership. And we're talking about empowering people because if it wasn't, if it's not for people, you'll never get your vision accomplished. You cannot do it by yourself. You were never designed to do it by yourself. It is not a solo flight in life. And I'm just challenging you with this thought tonight is about this. This is thing. Have you created, I'm going to ask this question right here. Have you created an environment that allows people to trust you? Have you created that? Here's a, here's a question. This is what most people ask me about leadership. Pastor, this is the, 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 a misrepresented question that is always asked to me is this. How can I get the most out of my people? You ever thought about that? You ever asked that question? How do I get more out of my people? It's misrepresented. Here's why I say that. It's because people are not towels that you wring water out of. You're not wringing everything out of them. They're not just something to sop up water in a mess. They are actually people. And they have emotions, and they have thoughts, and they have issues, and they have life. It's a misrepresented question. I think the correct question in this whole thing is is this. How do we create an environment in which people can work at their natural best? How can we do it? Have we created an environment in our life? We've got vision down. We understand who we are. We know what we're supposed to do. But have you created an environment that people can work at their natural best? What do I mean by natural best? What they were designed to do. What, what their DNA is? What is on the inside of them? Have you created the environment of trust? You ever been to your boss? Don't raise your hand. Maybe they're sitting right beside you. <clears throat> Protect yourself. <laughs> Maybe they're a family member or something. Just don't raise your hand. You ever went to your boss and said to them, listen, I'm struggling today. I'm sorry I'm having a bad day. And they looked at you and said, suck it up, buttercup. Get to work. We all go through problems. I've had a boss like that. <clears throat> Why did you raise your hand? Did you not listen to the instructions? This is my son by the way and I am his boss. Cuz that is exactly what I said to him the other day. Have you ever had that? And then because you hear that, you feel like I can't go to him. I can't express myself. There's not a safe place. What Quentin was talking about is listen, we can pause the work cuz you matter. Leaders understand that people matter. A boss understands the task matters. A great leader will give 50% to the task and 50% to the person. And they will understand that this is the environment that I am supposed to create to allow people to function the way God designed them to function. I'm not looking to be a puppeteer. I'm not having a stick, and neither is God, by the way, is that He just doing like this, and we're doing like this. And in leadership, what we want a lot of times, people want when they're in a leadership position, is they want you to do whatever they want you to do, and that's not what we're naturally designed to do. We're naturally designed to trust and follow the inward gift on the inside of me to create greatness for God and for companies. We're designed for this. And so if you don't create an environment as a leader that doesn't just do this, but give them parameters, permissions to function inside of things, then they will never discover who they are nor develop properly in your business, your customers, and everything around you will suffer because of it. But when you give people permission to function the way they're supposed to in an environment, watch this, that it's okay to fail. It's okay to screw up miserably. I got your back. I I, I give you an example. We do LOLs here. Stacy is doing the LOLs and... She and her team, we never really set a budget. I just trusted (laughs) that they wouldn't break the bank. Well, so, but I gave permission to function inside Elaine. I never asked and she never asked me. But I trusted that she understood that this is not the last thing we're doing. This is the first thing that we're doing on the way to the next thing. I trusted that the picture I painted for her and said, Stacy, this is your yes. It's not mine. Because I don't think about that stuff. But I'm trusting you to do that. And she tells her team, we ought to probably figure out what the budget is. Well, when you ever hear, we ought to try and figure out the budget, I have a, It's like, what do you mean you got to try and figure out? You should know the budget. Anyway, I, I'm making a light of something that it's just bringing some fun to it because the joy, the, the joy for me is this. I didn't have to oversee because I painted a right vision for her. We communicated, and there's a level of trust here. Pastor trusts me. Pastor believes in me. When it's struggling, because we had some real, we had some tearjerker conversations about some stuff because she could open up to me directly and I caused her to flourish. And we, what we did was really only cost the church a few thousand dollars because it was amazing the way the, when the vision is painted and you create trust and belief in it, everybody wants to go after it. But I'm saying this to you for this one thing. We, we've created an environment, I'm working hard. It's not fully there yet, but I'm working really hard to create this environment, fail, 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 fail. I got you. Felix, fail. Chris Walker, fail. Elijah, fail. Fail, just do it. I don't want, I'm not telling you to fail. Don't be afraid of it. You're never afraid of failure when you trust that they have the other end of the rope. That's leadership. Leadership always holds the end of the rope. It might be a bungee, but you will snap back. You better trust them to hold the rope, though. Sometimes, like, this one on the front row, you want to let go of the rope. <laughs> Whoops. But some of us, that's the boss that we have. Some of us, that's the people in our life that we have. We're not sure they will catch us. If you are that leader, you must make sure that your people believe in you, that you will hold the rope at all cost. at all costs. Let you say, well, pastor, I'm not the senior leader. That's okay because you can lead up. You can influence up. I'll give you an example in our church. We do LOLs, and the number one thing, is called Love Out Loud, which means we have absolutely no ROIs, no return on investment. that we, we can't determine and we can't measure our return on investment. There's no ROI here. Most pastors would not do this. And by the way, we didn't want to do this in the very beginning. But we understood it was the vision of God for us, and I'm not promoting. I'm teaching you something about vision and influencing up and creating a level of trust. So at the po- time, this was 2016, something like that, we had a conversation. Stacy comes to me. And she says, hey, I think we ought to do this as a church. It would be amazing. It would be wonderful. I know that from previous times that my job was to go to Pastor Marty here and present an idea. But because we had presented ideas like this before and it got turned down, no problem. We're not upset about the turning down the idea. We get it. Some do, some don't, right? Well, when she came to me and she said, this is what we love to do, we talked. And I said, if we take this, it's not going to work because we've tried this before and it didn't work. And because it didn't work, we said, we're never going to do it again. Hear what I'm saying? She trusted me. I went to Pastor Marty and I spun just a little bit. I'm telling on myself. Uh, It's called influencing up because it don't matter if you're the senior or you're like Quentin. You have the ability to set an atmosphere and an environment inside whatever you do. If you understand the idea of trust, she had to trust that what I was going to say to her was going to represent correctly what she had felt in her heart, and I. She had to trust that I had this whole place in it in the best interest. So I go to Pastor Marty and I present this plan of going and giving away everything without any expectation of return. Well, that doesn't sit right, even for churches still today, because pastors are always asking us, how many people are going to actually come to your church? Our answer is, don't know, don't care. That's not what we're doing it for. But that doesn't go well when you are responsible and steward. So I presented it to Pastor Marty in such a way that says, we'll let the youth do it. They're just teenage. It's not like they're just teenagers, but let me just talk to you from this example. She's like, sure, let them do it. Foot's in the door. You know, it's called influencing up. She, I didn't twist her arm. I didn't lie to her. I, did, I just influenced it in an area that she would accept it. But what that did for Stacey created trust here. Watch this, created trust here. She trusted me. She trusted me. I'm the middle guy. I'm not the senior guy. I'm talking about trust in leadership that causes people to follow you. That was 2016. We're doing it in greater numbers today. What What did I do? I established an environment that both parties could trust me. Now they're family, but you have business. You have organizational stuff. And inside of that level of trust, she could express her dis- disagreement, she could exp- I could express it to her. We developed this in our relationship over 20 years is this trust. I could tell her, she could tell me. I come here to the second, those under me, I could tell her, she could tell me. In your ministry, in your business, if your people know that you care about them, they will give you their life. If they don't know you care about them, they'll give you a time clock. They will punch in and punch out, clock in and clock out. They will cash the check happily, but only do bare minimum. You got to develop an environment like Quentin has done. I asked the interview for that one reason tonight to talk to you about how do you empower people? You develop trust. You have to develop trust. Trust says this, I'm struggling at home. My wife, I want to divorce her. I have a hard time working today. I'm struggling, astronomically struggling. I can't even concentrate, boss. Can I talk to you? A great boss says, come in, sit down. A great boss says, come in, let me talk to you. Let me pray with you. Go home. Just go home. Why? You're not going to do me no good, and I'm going to do you no good? Go home. Spend time. Go figure it out. Let's talk. But but most people say, no, no. uh, Just listen to me. I know we got corporations and everything else in here. You can figure that out. You can work that around, but if you don't create the environment, see, most people say, how can I get the most out of people? You're not going to get hardly anything out of them. But if you create an environment where they can be free and safe to talk and trust you, you're going to get more out of people. People are going to give you their life if they know they can trust you and that you trust them. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to that. I hope it's a blessing to you. And I want to jump into a couple things, just two things that I said in there, in next episode, I'm going to give you seven points of the how do you build this, and so it, we're going to break that down in the next episode. But but in this one, I really talked about creating an environment where people can work at their natural best, and what I mean by that is you can have the right person in the wrong place and it won't work, but you put the right person in the right place they're going to fulfill and succeed greatly. They're going to have exponential growth in you. Your organization is going to have exponential growth. But it's, it's creating an environment where people can work at their natural best. Let's say uh, that this person is creative, right? Th- this person is uh, they're 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 not real organized. You know what I mean? There's people on our teams that are not real organized. They're not calendar oriented. They are just the day oriented. Whatever comes to me, I'm going to deal with. That's their natural best. That's just who they are. We, we can't make them be like we are if we're organized individuals. We got to give them permission to function in that level of creativity. It's a hard thing for a person like me to be able to give them permission. But if I understand who they are, if I create the environment for them to be be them, I'm going to get the most out of them. Again, I'm not trying to get the most out of people because they're not a wet towel that I'm wringing things out of, but for them to succeed, as well as our business uh, organization or church to succeed, people must be able to function properly. You've got to create the uh, atmosphere where people can work at their natural best. And what that means is trust. You have to trust that their way of doing it is gonna be better than my way of doing it. I have to trust that the people on my team that are creative in nature, that they understand how to work under pressure, that they are may not be always calendar-oriented individuals or, or task-oriented individuals, that they work at different times, people that work better in the evening that rather than the morning. That's part of creating an atmosphere. If you're gonna build trust, you need to trust that what they do best is going to be best for the organization. You need to create that atmosphere. Give them permission to function inside of that place. Uh, that right person, that right place is where you find great uh, success. You find the benefits. You find pulling the best gifts out of people is not making them become you. Hey, if I'm as a leader, let me just tell you how I am. My leadership and the way I do business is I'm calendar oriented. I am detailed oriented. I am an over planner. I am out planning six months out, a year out. I'm, pl- I'm looking at calendars uh, three months out. I'm constantly looking that. And the thing that disrupts me is the people that don't live on a calendar for t- tomorrow. It bugs me, but I've learned this one thing. They don't have to be me. And I don't have to be them. We have to develop a re- working relationship and an environment that we both function at our best. They have to know me. They have to know what I like as much as I have to know what they like. And when we work together in an environment, that, that, that will build trust. We can trust each other to function. This is one of the key things that we have to realize. And so as you develop this, when I talk about creating that environment in the video, what I'm talking about is really establishing a relational uh, equity with your team so you know them and you create the environment that best suits them. And and this is one of those things. I want to challenge you. If you're going to build trust, build it based on relational equity and giving them permission to function at their natural best. Let me just repeat this one more thought. It's a biological clock. Some people are morning people. Some people are afternoon people and some people are night people. Some people work, I am a morning person. My biological clock works early in the morning, 7 a.m. I'm at my best. It's just, I'm I'm up, I'm ready to go, man, I'm working. At about four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm done. You're you're not going to get a whole lot out of me. You're not going to get much out of me at 7 p.m. My wife? is a night person. She works best after nine o'clock, it feels like. And she's ready to roll and move and that energy kicks in. Well, we understand in our house how to help each other. How do we allow each other to function? We have trust with each other. That's what I'm telling you. In your team, you've got to find out what, what is best and give them permission to function. The second thing I want to just end with is this. I talked about Stacy. And I talked about giving her trust and inside of our our teams and giving them permission to function. And I made two statements and I said this, that I painted the vision clearly for her and we communicated and and which gave us great success. I want to pick that apart is this, how do you create trust? This is one thing from me as the leader to those that are under me. And it's a two-way street is number one, you have to paint the vision clearly. The 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 what do I expect from them? What are their expectations of me? That's painting part of the vision. It's not just where I'm going, but the expectations of that. We've got to paint it really clear. I can't just say, "Hey, let's go have an event." That's not painting it clearly. The clear vision is: we're going to do an LOL. I'm just going to speak. If if, if, if you're listening to this from that perspective, uh, LOL, love out loud. We're going to outreach into our community. And I'm going to have an L, I can't just say I'm going to do an event. I'm going to say, we let's do an LOL event, a Love Out Loud. Let's take the gospel outside the walls and give it away for free. Let's not ask anything from them, not not put pressure on them to come to our church. I'm painting it for free I or painting it clearly, I should say. And And from there, we can then go to what is the next step is communication. She has to communicate to me. What did she hear? I have to communicate back to her the perspective in which I'm hearing her perspective. And we've got to come to this level of agreement. In that, I said, paint it clearly, and we did. And then we had communication. It was constant, ongoing of expectations. It was ongoing of what are our concerns. It was ongoing, constant check-ins. It wasn't me hovering. It wasn't me concerned. It wasn't me anxious. The, the trust that we built with Stacy for LOLs, you heard that in the clip, is that came from me painting a picture that's on a wall and constantly communicating my expectations, hearing her expectations, hearing my concerns, hearing her concerns, and not judging each other for it, but getting on the same page. When you paint it clearly, you get on the same page, and you give permission to function. That's where trust comes. What we find is this— In that permission to function, we create regular check-ins. Well, those regular check-ins is what sustains whether or not we're going after the vision as well as sustaining trust. It's the constancy. So when you're building your team, um, this is just part one. We're going to get into it in two weeks when we drop the next episode. But you've got to develop this as the leader. If you are the leader, you have to paint the vision very clearly. If you're if your brush strokes are are halfway, if you have no paint on the the brush and you think you're doing something, that's a problem. Paint it clearly. D- be detailed. Go into in-depth detail. Stuff that you think, well, I don't even have to say that yes, you do cuz that's clear. But then Open the lines of communication. Let them have feedback. Let them have questions. Let them speak their mind to you, their concerns to you, uh, where you may be going wrong and how you can fix that to help them. This is part of building trust. Uh, And I hope that is helping you. Listen, create the environment that they can work at their natural best. And number two, listen, paint the vision clearly and open the lines of communication up and downstream. Hey, this is part of building trust. Next time we come in, we're going to talk about seven things inside the clip of that you and I do to build trust in our teams. Till next time, I call you blessed, and may the anointing of God get all over you to do everything God has called you to do. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. We're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.